special is happening in Sacramento right now. You are now listening to the Moon Child. I'm in a good mood. You know, it's better for your mental health when your favorite sports teams is making moves, winning games, and bringing promise to you. You know, because it gives you something to root for. And as far as my podcast goes, it gives me something to talk about with a good attitude. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to go over a couple of things. I want to go over the Sacramento Kings, of course, how something special is happening. I want to talk about the Nets and Lakers. Um, the Laker fans are getting on my nerves. I want to update the MVP rankings, and I kind of want to get into the Niners a little bit towards the end. I kind of want to get more into the Niners, like in a full episode about them. But since the NBA season right now, there's a lot going on. Uh, we're getting closer to that playoff push. The Kings are only one game behind in the play-in games. I wish the Warriors, you know, I'm fucking with Steph Curry. I'm fucking with the Warriors this season, but I needed them to lose to the Bulls last night. That way we can have the same record, but it's fine. We could keep grinding. The Kings are on currently on a five-game winning streak. We got a game winner on the Cavs. And honestly, I want to actually talk about that for a second. So I think that started to you know, make me feel like, okay, something special is happening, and the basketball gods is on our side. So what's funny about that, that the whole broadcasting crew that night, was all women it was a non-binary um broadcasting cast and it was you know it was for history that was a good show and they did a good job as well and about that game um because we had made the trades but they haven't debuted with the team yet oh no they did they did it was their very first game you know they still getting things together all all that but the kings were playing hard they're playing good basketball um, but they got to the point where, you know, they were down, I believe, five points with, like, three minutes left. And Fox just started doing his thing. Started doing his thing. It was, like, 93 to 89. Fox got us all the buckets. Um, he, he scored every single point and put us above, you know, gave us the lead. And we were up 97 to 96. Then the Cavs come down and then they get this weak goaltending call. You know, you, then they go up 98 to 97. Then Luke draws up this play. We're down by one point. Fox throws a dime full court to Harrison Barnes. He turns around, hits the three for the game winner. And I was just thinking, like, I think the basketball gods had to be on our side that night. Because we showed that, because if you look at the Cavs situation, look at our situation, the Cavs were pretty kind of winning when they had Andre Drummond. And they made it clear that they are sellers and they're just not trying to even go for the playing game. And what makes this a unique year because of this playing tournament, it's hard to really figure out who's buyers and sellers. I mean, you obviously got the Pistons that's, you know, for sure in a rebuild. But, you know, Cavs kind of established themselves to be in a rebuild and doesn't look like they're going to try to compete for the rest of the season. And when you look at the Kings, they, you know, we made an effort. To make trades makes value trades. We're value buyers, as our GM says. And we're going to still try to push and compete with the same core of guys. 
And I think we got rewarded for that with the basketball gods. I think they rewarded us with our approach and our respect to the game of trying to compete and play good basketball on a night-to-night basis. As I told y'all before, I don't care about wins or losses. I need to see how I want to see our young players developing. I want to see good basketball, good competitive basketball, inspiring basketball, trying to win, trying to compete. You know what I'm saying? Um, See where the direction that we are going. And you can't have that if you're just sitting there playing bad basketball. It's nice to see that we are playing bad basketball, playing good basketball. My bad. Playing good basketball again. But as you know, this is a roller coaster. I've seen this before, but I haven't seen this before because these are new additions that we are going into a new era with. And let's talk about the new look, new look Kings. All right, I want to kind of go in to our four new additions. And I was we beat the Spurs last night. And it was a really good win because we kept our foot on the gas. But we played them again on Wednesday. And this that was a big win because they're seventh place, now eighth place, when it comes to the play-in games. And we're only three games behind and we get another win. We move two games behind them. So this is another big game and I'm going to see how consistent we can be if we can beat the Spurs twice at their home. Um, but let's talk about like the new additions that we add. So we obviously have that starting five right now. And with Bagley being injured, Tyrese is in the starting lineup. And Tyrese will probably stay in the starting lineup. I don't know what the situation with Bagley is um, moving forward. I'll get into that in a sec. But I want to talk about the new look Kings that provide off the bench. So now we have 6'5", DeLon Wright. He can play the one. He can play the two. It was so nice to see him come off the bench much better than Corey Joseph. He's taller than Corey Joseph. He shoots better than Corey Joseph. He can defend better than Corey Joseph. And he can run the offense better than Corey Joseph. He does everything better than Corey Joseph on all facets of the game. But he's 6'5", play the one and the two. And what's very key is now that Tyrese is a starter, DeLon Wright can really run the offense. He goes at his own pace. He's one of those players where you can't really speed up. And he does his thing off the pick and roll if you just allow him to do and he can create for others. And then on top of that, when he gets matched in with with Tyrese or with De'Aaron Fox, he also has the ability to be playing off the ball. And he I wouldn't say he's like a great defender. I would say he's an average defender at best. But his length, because um, he's 6'5 with long arms, his length uh, makes up a lot. And unlike Corey Joseph, who was like six foot with shorter arms and wasn't stretching the floor out that well, this is a significant, significant upgrade. And I think both teams won that trade. Um, Corey Joseph will help be a good person for the locker room and help with that rebuild in Detroit. And they also get two second rounders. We have a guy in DeLon Wright who we can probably develop into a six man. When I was looking at him, he's kind of bounced around a little bit recently. Um, he's been in Toronto since 2015. He got traded to Memphis. He was in Dallas as well. Um, now he was in Detroit. Um, he never really had a solidified home because, um, you know, he developed pretty well. Now he's a vet um, six six years in, and he can shine somewhere. I think Sacramento can be a very good opportunity for him as a six-man in this league. So I'm really excited about that. And then Terrence Davis, who we got for a second-round pick, I figured out why he got shipped out like that because of his off-the-court issues. But we're building something new. He can get a fresh new start with Sacramento. I hope the best for him off the court. He can get it together. Um, but as far as what he brings to the team, he's a 2 and a 3. About 6'4 with some good length. Um, and you could shoot the 3 really well. 
and he can play hard defense. He reminds me a lot of Terrence Ross, actually, um, but maybe maybe a little bit better defensively. Defensively, he brings a different impact, um, way better than what Glenn Robinson was bringing us or anybody off the bench as the two or the three. Um, definitely a significant upgrade. He help, he plays alongside. I see him and uh, DeLon Wright playing us alongside well together. And they also have a personal experience of being shipped off from Toronto. So I think that's a good little pairing. And Terrence Davis is also in his second year. He's 23 years old. So he can be significant for our future, whether it's coming off the bench or maybe even becoming a starter one day as the three you never know how this how this turns out so i'm excited about that then we also picked up mo harkless and chris silva now mo harkless he's a three in the four we've been desperately needing another one of these harrison barnes is the only guy that's been that that can play the big four and the small four i mean the small forward and the power forward and and stretch the floor how and do multiple things uh, Mo Harkless brings that. He brings defensive versatility, and he's played on winning teams before. A lot of years with, um, he spent a little bit with the Clippers, but he spent a lot of time winning um, in Portland. And I think having Harkless coming off the bench, not being our like solidified starter, but him coming off the bench, bringing more defense. He's bringing more than what Glenn Robinson does. He brings more defensively than what Bayalisa does, and we desperately need a defense. I think him. DeLon Wright, Terrence Davis is a good, solid three coming off the bench. Uh, remember last year, you know, when you think of the Kings bench, we had Buddy Heald and Kent Bazemore come off the bench. Now, all three of those guys, DeLon Wright, Terrence Davis, and Mo Harkless, is an upgrade over Kent Bazemore. Now, but not over Buddy Heald, of course, because Buddy Heald is a starter caliber. Um, but now we have some good bench depth, and that, that's what helped our win streak towards the end before covid last season because of our bench what we had going on with buddy and kent Bazemore coming off the bench and then we also have a guy like chris silva who's a, who can play the four or five athletic rim protectors so now we have multiple options um with different lineup changes and we just we're given a lot more for luke to work with instead of Corey joseph being our sixth man we that was terrible to watch so it's so nice to see that um when i you know, notice last game or just now when we're not giving up 125 points a game anymore. We're finally getting a thing called stops. And it's really showing when we get stops, it really shows how good our offense can be. Um, so with this depth is helping out the starters. And when we're getting stops, I, like I said, I think we can be a top five offense if we can just be a good defense. If we can have a good defense, we can be one of the best teams in the league offensively. Rashawn Holmes is second in field goal percentage. He has the best floater in the NBA. We have the fastest player in the NBA in De'Aaron Fox, who's just going nuts. We also is Western Conference Player of the Week. Then we have a guy like Ty a rookie in Tyrese Halliburton, who's way ahead of the schedule. Um, by far, knows has a great feeling of the game, great IQ. Then we have one of the best shooters in the NBA in Buddy Hield. And then we have a versatile weapon in the Black Falcon who can score all three levels. He's a mismatch. He's a matchup nightmare for guys his size or guys smaller than him or guys bigger than him. So we have a very good starting five, and they're one of the best starting fives in the NBA based on the net rating and the numbers, if you like the numbers and all that. So we're able to have this depth for that starting five. So now, you know, talking about the starters, you know, Tyrese has evolved to everyday starter now. 
He plays alongside Fox just fine. It's so nice that he can play off the ball, but when the ball is put in his hand, he can create a play. He can be a top-tier point guard or top-tier shooting guard. It's going to be amazing to see what the future is for him and Fox. And to De'Aaron Fox, he won Western Conference Player of the Week. This is the second time this year doing so. Um, this week, we're 4-0. He averaging 34 points per game, 5 assists, 2 steals, shooting 61% from the field 36 percent from three and much most importantly he is shooting 82 percent from the free throw line and if you just sit there and watch him play it's like oh my god and you think about this 2017 draft class you think of jason tatum bam donovan mitchell De'Aaron fox is not on a lower tier when it comes to those three he's just put in the hardest situation and it's something i had full respect for him for he, there is no harder challenge in the NBA than trying to get this king to than turning this Kings team around. There's no harder challenge. The GM took on the hardest challenge. Luke Walton took on the hardest challenge, and De'Aaron Fox is being that player that the team is building around, and he's taking on the hardest challenge. On top of that, he's in the Western Conference, and look at the other point guards in his own division: Steph Curry, Damian Lillard. Chris Paul, who are all top five, by the way. And if you, if you want to count, you can count the greatest player of all time, who's basically the point guard for other team. The only one that he's... I mean, I can't even say that now, because now Rondo is in the comp, is in the division. Rondo, Braun, Chris Paul, Curry, and Dame. De'Aaron Fox has been going against that. Four times a year. Each. And he's playing for the Kings. Now, if you talk about his ability on the court, it's just amazing to see his development. Um, now, we know he's the fastest player in the NBA, and it's by far. Um, his speed, he, he the fact he can change gears so well is, is impressive to me. And he's not one of those speed guys. like He's not like a John Wall, Westbrook type speed where, you know, you can feel them coming like, ha, 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 ha. You know, one of them, one of them breather type sprinters. Nah, Fox just glides, and he's just quick. It's like a fucking gazelle and he could change speeds whenever you want and he's just virtually impossible to guard when he gets going he's really impossible to guard and he's so creative around the basket now and uh, he's like a point guard version of d wade and i think d wade don't get enough credit for just how creative he was going to runway he's going to hit a euro step a spin move a pump fake um switching hands midair um acrobatic layups all that and De'Aaron fox is doing the same thing just incredibly crafty and under control it's so fun to watch when he gets going and he's been getting going and he's just is starting to get easier and easier for him and don't forget he's only 23 years old so and we just signed him we have four more years of him so things are going in the right direction for sure with Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox we still got decisions to make with Rashawn Holmes, but Rashawn Holmes having the best year of his career. I would love to bring him as a six-man and maybe get a seven-footer. Um, a dream for me is to send Buddy and Bagley and bring on Capella and bring back Rashawn Holmes. I've been watching Capella, and that dude's a monster in the paint. That dude is just blocking shots, rebounding everything, running the floor. I would love to bring Capella to Sacramento. If we can give up Bagley and Buddy... That's the guy I want right now. Because now I'm really worried about Matisse Thibault because we have Terrence Davis, DeLon Wright, even Mo Harkless right now. 
But I would love to have Clint Capella. But that goes in my next thing with Bagley. So, what you know, what's up with Bagley? Uh, he has a hand injury. So, you know, he has a hand injury. You get injured, whatever. He's out for like the next three weeks, I believe. But an interesting thing developed is that he's not, he's going to choose to be away from the team while he recovers from his hand. I'm like, okay. Really? Like, you can't, you can't, you know, you really don't like that team or the franchise that much where can't even be with the team during your injury it's a hand injury like i understand if it's late but it's a, it it's a hand injury Lamelo just fractured his wrist and all that he's right there on the sideline now bagley's just not there in the sideline so i heard uh, there was a rumor that we tried to p trade him for sadiq bay shout out to the pistons for declining that because we would have for surely fleeced them if they let that happen um but i think he's gonna be gone in the offseason like it, it just happens every time, you know, he gets injured, then we start winning games. Um, this lineup, Rashawn Holmes, like I said, has been better than Marvin Bagley in every facet of the game. How much better is Bagley going to get? I don't know, because defensively, he has a lot to work on. And, you know, the, the question is, shit, is he going to ever end up better than Rashawn Holmes in his career? The only reason he's getting the opportunities that he got is because of his, of his draft position, because he's the number two pick. If we're being real about it. So I don't see him being part of the future. If we can get a late first round pick for him. Um, I think that would be a W. Um, like I said. If we can trade Bagley and then a Buddy or Barnes or whatever. Because if we do good this season. Finish out this season. Go into play in tournament. Buddy and um, Barnes value is going to be going up. I would prefer to keep Barnes. Y'all know that. I fuck with the Black Falcon. If we're moving Buddy and Bagley. If we can get something good for that, like a Capella, you know, or, a, you know, that third guy, we, we really need that seven-footer right now. That could just be, you know, missing piece. Because if we do a good showing, like I'm saying, um, there's going to be guys that wants to play like play with De'Aaron Fox. Kind of like how Chris Paul wanted to play with Devin Booker. You know what I'm saying? Um, Drew Holiday wanted to play with Giannis. You got guys that, you know, there's going to be guys that wants to go and play with Luka. So when you when you build a name for yourself, you're going to get guys that want to play with you. So this is very important. And the only thing about all this is if we can stay consistent. As I said before, we've seen this roller coaster before. We've seen the winning streaks. We've been on higher win streaks. And then we went on some significant losing streaks this season. But it's a new roster. So this is the time. The crunch time of the season is not going to be too much longer. We got to see how consistent we can be before I start getting really excited. And if that starts happening, whew, I'm going to start getting really excited. All right. Just imagine if the Kings ever win a championship. All Everybody that's listening to this, if you see the Sacramento Kings win the championship, you're going to think of me. You're going to think of my face and my voice. And you're going to be thinking like, damn, he's believed in me this whole time. Isaiah was right about them. They were going to be special one day. But we're not. We're nowhere close yet. So we got to see where things go. I hope we can stay consistent. But this is a fun time. I can't wait to see them versus the Spurs again on Wednesday. Let's see how we do. If we win or lose, you know, it's fine. If we're playing good basketball, inspiring basketball, hard basketball, I can live with it any day. Any day. For real. Now, I want to talk about the Nets and the Lakers real quick. I'm so, so, so sick of Laker fans. Just everything's about them and... 
all this to be a 30-year, 6-year-old LeBron. Like, like LeBron isn't playing with Anthony Davis or anything. Just so many premeditated excuses already coming up. Um, obviously, the Nets added LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin. But they're all also unproven. Like, can we see them play first? Can we see them in the playoffs first? Because as I said, who the f if he's healthy, if he's healthy, who the fuck is going to guard Embiid? For real. Who the hell is going to guard Embiid? I am so serious. What Philly got going on, they got some consistency brewing. They have a coach who has won a championship before. They have a good group of guys. You know what I'm saying? Now they got George Hill. You got Dwight Howard coming off the bench with Joel. And then Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons to play off of him. You got two defenders that you can just throw on anybody with Matisse Thibault and Ben Simmons. So they got... they, And then they got shooters like Shake Milton and Seth Curry. Danny Green, three-time champion, 3 and D guy. So, I, you know, I'm not necessarily counting them out. I think they got something special. Um, I don't see Aldridge or Blake Griffin doing anything about Joel Embiid. You know, when you got a dominant big like that, there's not too much you can do. Kind of like how Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard did they thing last year with LeBron also. LeBron obviously leading the helm. But when you got Anthony Davis doing his thing like that, being the best big, you can't stop that. You can't stop that. The game was one in the paint last year. It's not all about shooting threes. So, I don't know what's all these, like, excuses coming up saying, oh, they're trying to do all this to beat LeBron, blah, 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 blah. Look. They have a combined 40, they have combined 40 all-star appearances. The 2014 Heat had that. The 2004 Lakers had that. Those two teams didn't win a championship. So let's revisit our thinking. We got to see how things play out first. Um, also, the Lakers made a good move, though. A good move that we're going to see how this impacts their title chances. Um, they added Andre Drummond. Now... This is going to be very interesting. Now, Andre Drummond is like a Matthew Stafford situation. Now, Andre Drummond was put in a position to be the face of the franchise and his play style. You don't want Andre Drummond to be the face of your franchise, but there always been this like you know this theory like, what if Andre Drummond was the third or fourth best player on your team, just doing his job, playing competitive basketball? And it's like, oh my God, he can be a monster because he's going to get you at least fifteen rebounds a game, be a problem. And the thing about like when people are like oh it's just rebound no matter look Andre Drummond is one of, is if not the best offensive rebounder in the NBA and if you're talking about the playoffs and you got a guy where he can just snag up and get you extra possessions because that's what Dwight was doing that's what AD was doing last year getting them extra possessions on Bam you get a guy like that getting extra possessions for you that can kill you especially when you got a guy like LeBron who will hold out the whole shot clock and he's Probably one of the most efficient players ever. And, you know, when he does miss a shot and then you get Andre Drummond to get a rebound where then LeBron can just dribble out the whole shot clock and then get himself a bucket and, you know, just control the game the way he do. It's gonna, it could be a problem. But, you know, we're going to see how he does. Um, now, Andre Drummond is not necessarily the greatest rim protector, but his size and his impact will make a difference compared to Marcus Saul for sure. And his size over Montrez Harrell so it's definitely an upgrade I'm not knocking on that but at the end of the day there is no guarantee that both the Nets or the Lakers will make it to the finals we got to stop just 
thinking the Lakers are going to just go straight to the finals. Now, you can you can have them favorites over the Nuggets. You can have them favorites over the Trailblazers because those are teams that they beat in the playoffs last year. They also beat the Rockets. Well, look at the Rockets this year. But they did not face this Jazz team, and they did not face the Clippers in the playoffs. All right? So to just say, oh, you know, last season, was a, that playoff series was a completely different experience. I'm not going to knock it and say it was easy, but it was a completely different experience. And they succeeded in that challenge the best, and that's why they were the champions. But over here thinking it's just going to be an easy path, but it's not necessarily a given that they get out the West this year. You know what I'm saying? They don't have Rondo no more. I'll take Rondo over Schroeder. I'll take Dwight and JaVale over Trez and Marc Gasol. And we'll see how Andre Drummond does. But they don't have Danny Green no more. I'll take Danny Green over Wesley Matthews. We got to see what THT does. We got to see what how Kuzma does. So it's going to be different. Um, LeBron got older. AD's also coming off his injury. We know he's not going to... I don't think he's going to be at 100% through the playoffs. He's obviously going to be feeling some pain. So, you know, in the way the Clippers are looking right now, and they finally got themselves their quarterback with Rajon Rondo, the chemistry that the Jazz are playing with right now, and defensively how much of a problem they are. And then you got Philly on the other side, and then you also got Brooklyn as well. You maybe even got Milwaukee if they get things together. So it's not necessarily just a Lakers versus Nets finals. You don't know. We don't know what's going to happen yet. You can't just premeditate that. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers defend, you know, defend themselves. Because I don't have them going to the finals. I like what the Clippers. I haven't seen them beat the Clippers more than the. I haven't seen them beat the Clippers um, enough times for me to put them as favorites over them in the playoff series. The Clippers just failed on their own to even get to the Western Conference Finals, which is totally something that's their fault out of the Lakers' control. But I can't just say, and you know, I can say the Lakers were the better team last year, but this is a whole new year. I can't just say that the Lakers are better than them. Nah, I just can't. So we're going to have to see how this, you know, it's going to be very exciting to play to see how this goes. We're going to see how the seeding is and the play-in tournaments. You know, if the Kings are in the playoffs, I'm going to be losing my mind. So, yeah. We're going to have to see how that transpires. Also, I want to give myself, a, give y'all a little bit of an MVP update again. Um, it kind of stayed the same, but my man uh, James Harden making his way up. I got five. Steph Curry. Steph Curry just came back last night. You know, just got himself an easy 30-piece or whatever. Um, helped the Warriors win the team. You can see he's kind of injured, but just, on he's close. He's very close. Honestly, I'm, I don't mind calling him the greatest point guard of all time. I won't put him over Magic yet. But oh my God, it's just man, it's crazy what this man can do with the without the ball, and how he can just help his team sing, just get, help the Warriors so much more because they were just losing. They just went on a four game losing streak, and he comes back and they give they give themselves a better chance to win every night that he's playing. So that's you know Steph Curry gotta be top five MVP conversation. Too bad they don't have a better record. Giannis at number four. Giannis is doing what Giannis does. Um, you know, like it or not. Obviously, the questions on him is in the playoffs, but we know what he does in the regular season. James Harden is up to number three. Oh, my God, offensively is just crazy. It's just wild to see how he can just go to a new team. And we got to remember the things that people were saying, like, you know, how he was fat or whatever, or he just wouldn't fit with Kyrie. He's made everything work. He's made everything work, and they're still top two in the East. And Kyrie's been missing games. KD hasn't played in a minute. And he's 
Bruce Brown and Bruce Brown being a supporting cast and all that, he's making it work. And but I can't have him over these two. Number two, I got Dame. Dame just does what he does on a consistent basis every single night in the Western Conference, always giving his team a chance to win, especially when it comes down to those last five minutes. But then number one, I got to have Jokic. And Jokic, 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 Jokic is a, I mean, we're not talking about it a lot, but he leads his team in pretty much every category. He plays, with one thing he's not giving credit for, you know, with all those fat jokes that people were making of him, this dude plays 38 plus minutes a game. He plays hard every single night. And it's nice that they got some additions and Aaron Gordon just slashing to the basket. Jokic is going to find him so many times. And then when Jokic gets a break, you got an elite rim protector in JaVale McGee, who has been in Denver before. So it's a familiar organization. I think they made some really good upgrades. So now they're in that top four um, competitive Western Conference. I need Jamal Murray to just step up. But we've seen how he steps up in the playoffs before. So we're going to have to see. But otherwise, as far as the MVP go, Jokic has been everything. He plus minus points assists rebounds efficiency he does it all um he really does it all it's just fun to watch i still have him behind mb because what mb can do defensively and also just his physical nature but he's injured right now and right now Jokic is leading it um he's keeping his team competitive and every single night he's balling and he's playing the most minutes so Jokic is my favorite right now I think you got got to give it to him. But this has been so such a fun season as far as MVP because you got so many guys putting in MVP numbers. Remember, Bradley Beal is averaging 31 points right now. So it's wild. It's really wild. But that's what I got to say about the NBA. I want to get into my Niners real quick. Uh, Kyle Shanahan and Paxton Lynch was at Mac Jones Pro Day, but they are planning another Pro Day with Justin Fields. They had an interview, and they were very transparent with what's going on. Um, we cannot have the same situation of, you know, in, in 2020 and 2018 where if Jimmy gets injured, um, we'd have to have a backup plan or a future behind it. And Jimmy's just been getting injured way too many times. Now he's going to be the starter for this year. I, I hope so. I hope he's the starter. And then we have the young guy learn from him and then we give him the keys but let's see how far jimmy can take us i think jimmy can easily take us to the playoffs but it's nice to have the future and a guy like trey lance i hope or justin fields no problem with justin fields or even zach wilson a guy who's obviously more talented than jimmy but they'll get a chance to learn um and see how jimmy operates then because jimmy is an operate he, he is a veteran and who has won a lot of games and if jimmy himself does good we can get a first round pick for him um but we can't have a repeat where if Jimmy goes down, uh, we got to put in Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard. Now if Jimmy goes down, you know, now we have a Trey Lance or a Zach Wilson or um, Justin Fields or maybe even Mac Jones um, to be behind him. So now we have options. We have insurance. Um, he needs he needed real competition. I think this will be make Jimmy better also because now he's going to you – know, now he doesn't have a – now he doesn't have a you know a secure spot so now he's on the hot seat now he, he can't be messing up otherwise you know he's gonna be gone or no other team is gonna take a chance on him he has to do good for us for other team to take a chance for him so that's the situation that we're in but hey it's nice to know that we're about to get a franchise QB they made it clear with that we resigned our people so yeah it's gonna be interesting so I'm getting a little text message 
Um, that's all I wanted to talk about for the 49ers. I want to see how more as time goes on, see a bit more information. That is actually my landlord um, that just texted me. I'm moving into a new place, May 1st. Four bedroom, two bathroom. My homies, Miguel, Shahil, and Danny. Um, it's a big milestone, I guess, for all of us. Um, you know, about to be renting a house. You know, it's going to be a new responsibility, but we're living midtown, so it's going to be exciting. And I can't wait for that new part of the journey, man. It's going to be cool. And I'm going to get this, keep getting these podcast episodes. I can't wait to get myself a little desk. That way I can record in my room. Because I still record on in the Sac State parking lot, actually. Because there's Wi-Fi here. I get my own little space. And I could just come here and talk it, talking in my little spaceship car, my Hyundai, a.k.a. the Hellcat. So, yeah. More coming soon. I'm going to keep it going. Uh, if you make it this far listening, you know how much I appreciate you. And we're going to keep grinding, man. We're going to keep doing this. I got work later. Um, but, yeah. Good days coming ahead, hopefully. I'm just be optimistic about everything. And, yeah. I'm going to keep it right here. Sacramento Kings is going to the playoffs. I would love to play Lakers in the first round, man. That's the dream. Just play Lakers. Oh, man. Get a win or two. That would mean the world. That would mean the world right there. But, all right. We're going to have to see how consistent they can be. But that's all for today. Hope you have a good day or evening. And I am out of here. Peace.